It's Latopia Daily, the web's first daily bulletin about writing and publishing. And now, here's Peter Cox. Good morning, authors. It's another lovely sunny day in London town. Let's cross over to Donna straight away for the latest news. Thanks, Peter. Our top story is on self-publishing. One of the things that we get a lot of questions in Latopia on from newbies is about self-publishing, vanity publishing, the advantages and disadvantages, and a lot of newbie writers are really interested in that. But there's a lot of sharks out there, and too many rip-off stories are what I hear about. Well, one writer actually got their revenge on one of these publishers. The bookseller reports that a vanity publisher who didn't come through with publicity lost a lawsuit to a writer who said that uh, they paid for things that they didn't get. Well, you know, I'm amazed that it's taken until now for somebody to actually sue a vanity publisher. Um, these people have been operating for decades, maybe 100 years or more. Um, and they raise, they raise expectations of, of, let's face it, fairly gullible writers. Um, they take the money and then they don't do anything. You know, you might get a dozen copies of your book if you're lucky and you are hundreds of pounds, hundreds of dollars or even more out of pocket, sometimes thousands. I've seen letters from vanity publishers asking for thousands of pounds of editorial fees before they'll take you on. And people pay. Hey, authors, many authors, want to get published so desperately that they will pay hundreds or thousands of pounds or dollars for the uh, dubious privilege of being published by a press that no one's heard of. It doesn't give them any credibility in the business at all. I get lots of submissions from authors who have gone this route and they proudly send me their book, usually quite badly produced. Um, I don't know what they're thinking of, really. So I'm delighted that someone's finally got sued for, the, for this at last. I think they thoroughly deserve it. I have to say also, though, that authors who, who indulge in vanity publishing themselves probably need their brains examining. I mean, you know, you're sending money to a publisher you have never heard of who's raised your expectations to a completely unrealistic level. I mean, come on, get real. I mean, the urge to get your book published is probably a strong human urge in many people as the urge for food and sex, actually. Now, that's why there are dozens of sites out there, and some of them quite respectable, like Lulu.com and Cafe Press and people like that, who will, will take your manuscript and turn it into a book for a fee, usually not, not hundreds of dollars. Um, but again, you know, you've got to examine your own motives, really, before you even go to legitimate people like that. Because, frankly, turning your manuscript into a book is easy. It's never been easier with desktop publishing and so on. It was even quite easy in the old days, before the internet. You could just take a manuscript to a printer and ask him to print out 50 copies. What's so difficult in that? The hard bit, the really tough bit, is producing a manuscript that people want to buy. And that's tough. That means developing your writing skills. That's one of the reasons that Litopia is in existence, of course. And there's no shortcut. Speaking of self-publishing... Did you see the story in the New York Times about the unknown writer whose pastors formed a company to publish his book? Mm. It's these kind of stories that really do fuel the self-publishing industry because yeah. the word of mouth was so huge it became a bestseller. Yeah. There were over 350,000 copies sold. I really thought the advertising was interesting because there was no traditional print advertising or anything. They used blogs and talk radio and the pulpit to spread the word on this and it was a Christian book. Some folks did call it heresy because God was an African-American woman and Jesus was Jewish and the Holy Spirit was an Asian woman, but I think that's what also made it interesting to people. 
Well, that's right. So it came as a surprise to some people to learn that Jesus was Jewish. Mm. Um, yeah, lots and lots of books have succeeded in, in the Christian market, especially in the States. It is absolutely huge. It's massive. But it provides what publishers refer to, this is a bit of inside jargon really, as a platform. And that's one of the things that publishers are always looking for. I mean, big legitimate publishers. When they consider a new author, especially on the non-fiction front, that's one of the things on their, on their checklist. Uh, they say to themselves, does the author have a platform? In other words, is there a ready market out there that we can just plug into to distribute the book? The Writing Life blog, which is um, an interesting blog by another agent, has a, a recommendation of a book to check out if you do decide to self-publish. And they also suggest some things to look out for. So anybody who is interested in self-publishing out there might want to pick up this blog and uh, try to check out that book. The Houston Chronicle reported uh, that the stars and sun positions in Homer's Odyssey actually matched up with real star and sun positions. So they figured out the exact date that Odysseus must have returned home and fought all his wife's suitors, which was a great part of that story. Um, so Homer's Odyssey is still relevant today and may have had some truth to it. In today's Zaman, they reported that a book exchange program in Turkey could save 1.27 million trees. A simple idea, really. Students are going to be provided with books, and they return them at the end of the year. That's something that we can all use. We always talk about on Latopia Daily and Latopia After Dark ways that the publishing industry can save some trees. So that's a good one. A new book in Poland claims Lech Walesa was a communist spy. They claim to have new evidence that he was an informer for communist-era secret service in the 70s while he was working at the Gdansk shipyards. They said his codename was Bolik. Walesa already won a court ruling that he wasn't a spy. Now he's threatening to sue the authors, so that should play out in an interesting way. I can't wait to see the English translation. The bookseller had a report on agents suing agents. There's an ugly suit by PFD against the former directors who left and Mm. formed United Agents. But it makes you kind of glad you're not with a big agency, Peter. Yeah, it does. It does. (laughs) A lot of authors think that, um, you know, if they want to get properly represented, they have to go to a large agency. Um, Quite the opposite, actually. I mean, in my former life, as you may know, I was an author, and I've actually been represented by three different uh, agency firms, and I've always found, actually, that, uh, um, you know, smaller people give personal attention, and that's really the key in my view. This court case is quite interesting. It's a very small amount of money, relatively speaking, um, but it's getting lots and lots of coverage because it's, you know, it's media and it's got a bit of buzz to it. My favourite book title of all time, I wish I'd thought of it, is Love and Sex with Robots. (laughs) On (laughs) Canada.com, there's a British researcher who wrote this book claiming that we're five years away from having silicone soulmates available. Yeah, I saw something on Drudge Report yesterday about this. Um, It was a little bizarre-looking robot. You could kiss. They were selling it to lonely people who, who needed to kiss something. Um, yeah. And maybe 50 years away from having legalized marriage to robots. No, I think we're already there. I think, you know, the Martha Stewart thing is here, surely, isn't it? Maybe that'll be handy for writers who are up all night. A little bit less complaining about our hours. (laughs) Uh, One of my pet peeves is celebrities who publish children's books. And 
I don't even write them themselves. usually encourage people not to buy them. But here's mm-hmm. one I'm going to recommend to people. Right. Bernadette Peters wrote a book called Broadway Barks, and the proceeds are going to an animal adoption charity. So yep. it's a great cause, and um, I think that it's a, a nice thing for a celebrity to do. Yeah, definitely. The Bronte blog reported that our friends at Classical Comics is going to publish a Japanese version of Jane Eyre. Ah. should be interesting yep. to see how that uh, translates. And our friends from Classical Comment, Comics were on the podcast a little yep. while ago yep, talking right. about their program. And um, I thought it was a great idea Good to encourage kids to read. Definitely. I know you give me a hard time about always having perfect weather here. Yeah. but. In, in fact, it's hurricane season, <laughs> and the children's book blog talks about some children's books that are out on hurricanes. So anybody who lives in a hurricane-prone area, you might want to check out the children's book blog and find some of those books to explain to the kids about hurricanes and hurricane preparations. Yeah, that's like um, Dorothy, we're not in Florida anymore, that sort of thing. Hmm. USA Today had a story about extreme writing. These are stories about people who really go to all lengths to come up with a story and put it together in a book. My favorites were a woman who vows to have sex with her husband every night for a year and then write about it. That is extreme. (laughs) A family who tours atomic weapons attractions. I can't understand why you'd want to do that, but okay, they got a book deal out of it. And then there's a guy who wrote about reading the Oxford English Dictionary. Oh, yeah, so that. So a book about reading the dictionary. I think our own Eve Harvey should love that. And she she talks about reading the thesaurus all the time, so maybe she could come up with a book deal about reading the thesaurus if this thing pans out. If you want to see what a book tour is really like, check out Craig Seymour's YouTube videos. We've got a link for them online. There's an article about how a writer used the secret to get her book deal. Is the internet raising the dumbest generation? Yep. (laughs) Google. People always ask uh, authors where they got their ideas. There's a story on where Philip Pullman got his inspiration Mm. in quite a bit of detail. An inscribed edition of Jane Austen's Emma went up for sale and was sold for $353,000. I think that's extraordinary. John Grogan, who did Marley and Me to great success, is releasing his new book, The Longest Trip Home. I personally met him at last year's National Writers' Workshop, and he's a wonderfully approachable guy who deserves every success. There was an article about how to discuss your book cover with your publisher. Yeah, so um, that could be a book, actually, couldn't it? How to talk to your publisher about your book jacket. The only problem would be, what would they put on the book jacket? (laughs) A story on how the publishing market is pretty flat, but good news, too. Adult trade paperback sales are up 18%, and ebook sales are up 13%. Neil Gaiman's Law of Superhero Movies and some other advice to DC Comics was covered in an article. I love this one. The Miami Book Fair International is going to add focus on graphic novels this fall. I love that book fair. I go to it all the time, and maybe I'll just have to drag my portable mic and interview some folks over there. There's a lot of interesting authors that come to the Miami Book Fair Internationals. Anybody's in town, I recommend it. Adrian Barbeau, anybody who remembers Adrian Barbeau is probably our age, Peter, wrote a sexy Hollywood vampire mystery. 
George Carlin is going to become the first posthumous recipient of the Mark Twain Prize. Oh, good. That's a break. Well, Peter, that's all the news for Wednesday. I hope everyone has a great writing day. Yeah, thank you very much, Donna. And links to all the news items in Donna's News Roundup on her blog, writereport.blogspot.com. Show notes on our podcast website, podcast.litopia.com. Main website, as you know, is litopia.com. And if you want to leave us um, a comment, a thought, um, a little piece of news, perhaps, you can do it in our open inbox, which has its own direct web address. It's drop.io, that's drop.io, slash litopia. If you can't remember that, just go to the podcast website and there's a link to it there. Um, you can, there's a phone number there. You can record a message for us. You can upload a file for us. You can write a little note for us on the website itself, and we'll use it in the next Litopia Daily. Catch you soon. Catch Litopia Daily five days a week from www.litopia.com.